Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, and we are having a great interview with my um, friend Jim, who we've interviewed before, and we're, I asked him to come back on to talk to me a little bit about fatherhood, and we're going into Father's Day this month, and I wanted to share some insight from Jim, and Jim's been working with me um, for over a year now. Um, mostly via e-sessions, and um, we've had a lot of really cool breakthroughs in things that related to the core. So I'm happy to have you here. Hi, Jim. Hi. How you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing good, Kelly. Thank you. All right. All right. So when I when I kind of asked you to come back on and talk with me, we uh, we were talking. I told you that. You know, I want to do some kind of promotion in honor of men for Father's Day because we do a big thing for women and Mother's Day. And um, you you felt like you had a lot of things to talk about, about fathers. Do you? Well, I, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out, Kelly. I mean, you told me you had a bunch of questions, so I'm going to I'm going to listen. First. Oh, OK. All right. So my first question, um, tell tell us a little bit about you and your family. Tell me about your kids, the age of your kids, and um, just a little bit about what it's been like to be a dad to them. Well, I have two boys, uh, Peter and Dennis. Uh, Dennis is 25 and Peter's 22. And uh, they're both graduating uh, from college this year. And uh, it's been, you know, it's been a joy to be their dad, and it's been an adventure to sort of um, um, make sense of the world in a way that they're included and in a way that I'm included. So that's sort of it. I don't have a lot of story here at this point. I mean, uh, it, you know, we're, we're just a bunch of guys sort of like uh, living together and uh, working together to do the right thing a day at a time. Yeah, and enough? you... That's great. You um, you raised your boys uh, kind of on your own for part of their their life. Yeah, but I don't talk too much about that. So uh, I lost my okay. my wife to um, to to cancer about ten years ago, and um, but that's not for a podcast. No, it's not. But I just wanted to say that there's the investment um, for a single parent for any reason into their kids is a little bit different when you are parenting with a partner. Um, and so the physical and emotional demands of fatherhood for any father, I think that we always talk about how physically demanding it is for moms because yes, our bodies, you know, birth the babies and we are often in charge of their care primarily when they're little, but um, you know, my husband being a father and being around a lot of men, I know that there's actually quite a bit of um, physical and emotional demands on the dads as well. And they, but you hold it in different ways. It's not the same. It's uh, you hold it in, you know, how you worry about them and how you think about them and how you want to plan for them and how you want to protect them and the things you want to teach them. Well, you know, if we, we're going to so we're going to talk about fatherhood. I think the first thing you need to talk about when you talk about fatherhood is that it's it's a uh, it's a spiritual structure. I mean, it, fathers and mothers um, are uh, complement one another, but fatherhood and motherhood are very very different things with different responsibilities, like you say, in different tasks. And you know better than me, but the, the, the woman in the woman's body is geared to emotionally um, work with children, right? I mean, I, the whole sort of structure is when children get involved, the body responds, and, and there's tons of stuff going on. 
but I think men don't have the same physical um, adaptive structures at all. And I think being a father carries with it uh, responsibilities that go way beyond the family. So it's a complicated thing. And we're living in a culture and a society where there's almost no questioning or even directing of who fathers are and what fathers do. It's not even clear. And so if, if there's a really lost component in terms of our culture, uh, it's who's the father, what does the father do, and how do you sort of do it in a way that you're, you're being a good father? I think father includes often husband, right? So being a father requires being a husband, and being a father also requires children. And then there's different fathering. A father to a daughter is different than a father to a son. It's all, so it's a very, very complicated thing. But in terms of you and I, in terms of, I think, where we want to go, the one thing that's right in the middle of it is the body. Yeah. The body, right? And we've laughed and talked about this often, but there's almost a, uh, there's such a, a strict correlation between the way the body works and the way the person works and the way we respond and react and handle things. And in many ways, I think the body sort of, um, again, this is not my field, but I'll bet you if you study the body the way you work with it, you'll find footprints in it that will indicate issues and concerns and things that have to do with parenting, because they'll all be in the body in different ways. Misalignments, you know, this. Oh, I mean, the way we've been talking in terms of the tummy team, which is essentially how... Um, when you compensate to make things work, uh, one part gets too rigid and the other part gets too soft and everything starts getting out of whack. And then part of what you need to do on a regular basis is uh, remind the body that this is not how it works. And when you do that, it's, it's a process. Uh, we, unfortunately, we don't have anything close to that in terms of the spiritual and social demands. Right. It's not even close. In fact, I would almost say um, the easiest way to find out what the effects are is to actually look at your body. That's my I take. Agree. Right? So I, think, I, think, I, I think that that's the, that's the key piece that can be overlooked in men because men will come to me and just say, this is just a physical issue. Um, and women do too. It's easier for me to um, say there's also an emotional component to this physical issue when I'm working with women. Um, however, when I've introduced that with the men that I work with, they're very responsive. It's not the way they would have thought. They wouldn't have thought that, this was connected to emotional thing or a feeling or a concern or some event in their life. Um, but when we bring that up, you can really see how your body is like the vessel that holds all of this other mental and emotional, your, your, the essence of who you are kind of holds it. And so there's this reaction that happens. And a lot of times the clients that we see, they come to us for a diastasis, but diastasis is basically a muscle imbalance and a compensation pattern. And so where did that muscle imbalance start? What was compensating? And how is that? When did that happen in your life? And what was going on in your life that that happened? And I think that that's, there is this emotional component or this, this bigger picture of what's going on. And when we get there and start feeling it and, and and feeling our body again and emotions come up and we realize, oh, when I'm stressed out, I do this. When I'm worried, I do this. Or when I actually was connected, I feel this great memory, you know, both negative and positive starts to show up in how we reconnect to the body. And I think we've seen that a lot in all of the guys that I work with, but we've worked so closely over the year, this past year, that it's been really um, obvious, I think. Yeah, and with I, again, I'm guessing, but uh, this is very different in men than women. So I'm guessing that everything you're talking about has two different ways of manifesting themselves in men and women. And of course, I'm only talking 
uh, uh, I'm talking in sort of the basic understandings, not the gender and all of that, not without the country, just the simple language. And and I think part, because we have it, because, you know, I mean, you laugh a lot, I laugh a lot. And my understanding of getting in touch with a feeling is it reminding me of a sporting event where I did something. And I'm guessing women don't have that same kind of an attachment to sporting events often in terms of their feelings. I mean, it's there, but I'm guessing those feelings are a different type of feeling. But I think I would say, I think, I would say more commonly in women, sometimes it is connected to, uh, you know, an athletic event. But I, I what I see in women is almost always the connection is to a relationship. Exactly. A relationship exactly. of some kind. And in men, it's it's also a relationship, but it's a relationship to that of an activity that reminded them of who they were in their place in the world. Well, that might be a way a woman will look at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think for many men, it's a base hit to right field that won the game. And there's no talk of a relationship in that. And I think that's the feeling you get. So one of the things that's really important, I mean, it's really, I mean, as you get older, um, what happens as you get older is you, you get rigid and you get rigid for some reasons because the body just gets older, but you also get rigid because more and more you're sort of compensating for things and making all these things happen. And in the process, what you're also doing is shutting down all the possibility of remembering things. Because there are things you could remember, except your body doesn't do it anymore, and you have no sort of like clue. You don't have a thing that is like the trigger that gets the memory up and out. So, so that rigid that rigid inactivity almost leads to this numb disconnect, you know? I think something like that, but I don't I think I mean, again we're talking at a in a level of I I'm not so sure. I think the numbness is a sign of the disconnect, right? But mm -hmm. um, I think the rigidity is actually keeping you away from the motion that gives you the memory, right? That's the, that's what we were discovering. And right. and so part of what happens um, when you're doing, like when we work together, and we work together in, in relationship, is there are moments where things just appear, and they can appear when we're talking or they can appear when you're working out or all of a sudden what starts happening is you start doing these, um, these, you know, these routines we do. And all of a sudden you're walking down the street, you pick something up and you're picking it up with a grace that you haven't had. But what yeah. starts happening incrementally is you begin to realize that you've been, a, you, you didn't know it, but you were afraid to do something. So you kept doing less and less of that thing in terms of motion. And then as you begin to get the motion back, there's a point where you just naturally make the move. And that is, again, one of the huge pluses of, of doing the work we've been doing. There's no doubt about it. And what's interesting about the way you do it at the tummy team and what's interesting about uh, the whole concept, and I'd like you to talk about it a little, is the understanding that the core is at the heart of a lot of these things. Yeah. And the core is the tummy, what you call the tummy, right? Uh, but it's also the way you talk about it also as, as a tree trunk, right? Yeah. You, see, you, have, you see this thing in terms of a tree trunk and about this strengthening and the tree, which you've never talked about, but the tree is more than a trunk. It's also roots and branches and sunshine, right? And I think part of what you're about is creating that whole relationship of root to trunk to branches that's sort of like the symbol of what your understanding of the tummy team is about, right? right. It's, like a, it's like a strong forest. It's like, you know, it's... Uh, well, it, it, that's the hope is it becomes a strong forest, right? I, I feel like, you know, we were talking about our, my logo, and that's what you're talking about. The logo is this tree, and the trunk of the tree you know, is what I think about, you know, in, in physical therapy, we call it trunk control, which is actually core. It's called trunk control. Um, and um, it's the core and, and the core, if you think about the muscles of your core, they wrap around and support from your pelvis to your rib cage. They're, what are they supporting? They're supporting all your vital organs. They're stabilizing your spine, which is vital. And they connect your upper body to your lower body so that you can move. And when I, I picture that tree, 
it's that center, you know, really solid trunk, but it's solid because the roots are able to kind of be grounded. And then from that strength, the branches are able to swing in the breeze and reach out to people and shade people and to, to do what you're supposed to do. And I feel like once we get that connection, so much other stuff comes back. And most people are disconnected from their core and because it's an internal, deep, intentional connection that needs to be there. And therefore, they start using their arms and legs less and less because they don't have a sturdy trunk to reach out from. And, and then, yeah, and then you're, bo- you, you're doing less and less and you don't even realize it until you're so limited. Um, and then, and then it's a wake up call. The cool thing is no matter how limited you are, there's always a step in the other direction to get you back there. And that's kind of what we work on is we help people at a very basic level, just with breathing and sitting properly and feeling their tummy and their core so that they can start activating that muscle. And as you get strength there, then we start going, oh, can we reach out? Can we bend? Can we rotate? And I think that learning how to be connected and trust your core um, is very impactful. You know, I think we, in our fitness culture, we're so much like wanting to beat our bodies into submission and just challenge and challenge and challenge. And I always want our body to respond out of trust, not out of coercion. You know, like, and and out of trust, um, there's, there's a root system to that. And from there, you can go to the next stage and to the next stage and it opens up and wakes up parts of not just your body, but parts of your emotion, parts of your mind and, and gives you opportunities. And I would love like, for you, you came to me because you had a diastasis, but it's been much more than treating your diastasis. like. Let's talk a little bit about how reconnecting to your body impacted your overall health, your mental health, and just your outlook. You know, some of those things are big. Well, you know, I think, I again, because it, it, with, uh, with Father's Day um, at the center of what we're talking about, um, I think to the extent that the father in any family is um energetic uh is um elegant and is competent right and is um easy so it can move easily he's establishing a structure for the rest of the family to feel comfortable i think that's a big deal i think part of what the job of the father is is to create a sense of um of um possibility possibility and uh and possibility if the father is bent over and rigid and in pain makes it hard to understand right so what you really need at a deep level is you need your father to be somehow an example of the possibility of what's really available and kids and and spouses and other family members will know better than he knows what he's doing because um, what might seem like a small thing to him, they see as a huge thing because it's like, you know, this is a little amazing what's going on here. And, you know, and really if we're talking about um, walking down the street and picking up a ball and throwing it, when you do that, it's not such a big deal. But if you haven't done it for 10 years and then you do it and people see you do that, they say, what the hell's going on here, right? So part of what it means, I think, to be um, a father, and again, without getting too nuts here, and to be a leader in the family. So I think part of what it means to be a parent, but more important to be a father, I'll speak only of that, is to lead. And the best leaders lead by example. And the best example is the example of somebody who's winning. And I think the issue is an issue between having an understanding of the body that is regulated and established by outside norms and stuff. Like you go to a gym, you work your machines, you end up with the muscles. But the muscles are all a product of a very rigid and strict way of 
doing things, right? There's nothing wrong with it, except you're sort of modeling the model of a, of a machine over and over again. And versus what we're doing here and other types of this, is, which is where what we're developing is sort of like the limberness, you know, the tree that blows in the wind kind of thing. But there's a limberness. And, and resilience. And, and which? And resilience. Well, resi and stillness, but there's resilience and there's also... It, like, it, it bends yeah. and it comes back, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or it's fin bent and it begins... Yeah, exactly. There's all these things going on. And that, to do that, you need to have a healthy body. Now, what's funny is like, you know, this thing of a diastasis, it's a Greek word. And the, the word stasis means like um, foundation. And the word dia simply means to separate. So a diastasis is nothing more than a foundation that's been separated. It's a house divided, mm -hmm. right? And we know a house divided cannot stand. We know that to be the case. So if you're walking around and you're carrying, and by the way, you know, since we, when I, when I found out I had this, I looked it up and there was almost nothing about this for men. Nothing. Zero. And it took me a year to even maybe uh, find you. And, but nothing. Now there's, there's something, but per, you look at men's fitness magazines. Look at any one of them. Over the last five years, you won't see one article on a diastasis. One. You won't see one. But I see men in the street all the time who have what I have. Right? And it's not even, it's not even, it, it's so prevalent. I would say 20 or 30% of the people I know in their 60s, 50, late 50s, 60s, and 70s have this. And they attribute it to a beer belly or just eating too much. But, you know, I've, uh, over the years, I would look in the mirror and say, what the hell is this belly doing here? I'm in great shape. It made no sense to me until I found out what it was. And then what it turned out to be, and look, this is the really hilarious part. And this is where men need help, right? Um, what do you do if you have, if you want to work on your core and you want to look good and you're a guy and you hang out with athletes and you're reading stuff on fitness, what do you do to work out on your core? Well, you go to the gym and you do crunches. But that's all they tell you to do. And then you do not only crunches, but you do these oblique crunches and you do these side crunches and you do, and it's all about crunches because the goal is to crunch that belly into uh, a powerful thing, right? And lo and behold, when I did my research on the diastasis, the number one thing it says is the worst thing in the world for a diastasis is a crunch. Okay, so let's assume for a second that men need help. Let's just assume for, for a second men need help. And let's assume for a second uh, people like you, uh, educators, health professionals, said something like, let's give men a break. Let's offer one fig leaf to men who are so maligned over and over again in our culture as being in many ways the number one culprit for how many things. I mean, the word patriarch is such a negative word, and yet all a patriarch is is a father who cares for his children. I mean, so it's a very interesting thing. And all, all would need to be said is, if you want to look good, take a deep breath <laughs> and learn to sort of just Bring in the deep muscle because Kelly, Kelly has this whole thing on what the the what the fitness thing, the the core fitness thing. What was the name of that? The, that I the um you, core foundations. Right, the core foundations. And what's remarkable about it? It begins with just breathe, standing up and breathing out. Essentially, what you're doing is, is you're being told that the way to bring the core together is to just let go. To exhale. Then, right? Exhale. Let go. And when you let go, what's, what's happening is, is a muscle that you don't know you have begins to wake up. And that's what's interesting about this program. This is what I like about it. And this is why I think for men and for women. But the thing is, it's, it's, a, it's a real discovery process because 
at least for me, I have all these muscle groups that I don't know I have. Right. I, I mean, I really don't know I have them, and I'm and I'm sure I'm not the only guy in the world. And you know, Kelly will say, "Well, you got this muscle over here. Why don't you move it?" And I'll say, "What muscle? I don't even know it's there." And that's one of the things about this deep breathing, because it's not a meditation breath. You're not you're breathing to engage a muscle that doesn't know it's there. Right. And once it's inert. Right. It's inert. It doesn't know it's there. And once it knows it's there, it doesn't know what to do. And once it knows what to do, it can't do it. So part of what the process is, and then think about it. Like, so let's say you're in the 50s or your 60s or your 70s, and you're a guy, and all of a sudden you discuss, discover a muscle you didn't know you had. And it's one of the biggest muscles in your body. It's uh, Yes, Kelly, I know, I know. It, it's, a, it, it's a corset, right? I, I'm trying to talk the guy talk, but yeah, it's like this big... It's like this big girdle muscle, right? And so there's this muscle, and you don't know you have it. And then all of a sudden, you find out about it. And then all of a sudden, for the first time in your life, you start feeling a strength you never felt before. Now, I'm telling you, it's worth the price of admission to feel that strength. And then when you see that strength manifest itself in the way you interact, right? walk, talk, do things, you're playing golf, you want to play a little basketball, you begin to see, you can move faster, you can move. It's everything you want to do. But part of what well, everything you want to do is if you like to play, and if you're an athlete, all of a sudden you start regaining a world that you that you didn't even know you were missing. I think the most important thing here is that you find things you don't know you're missing, like that deep muscle. And it's not you just that. Know, you don't know it's missing until you get it back. And then it's it's like, how did I live without this? You know? And yeah, I, I, I feel that. I see that with people. Once they get that connection, whether I was working with them in the clinic and I can actually put my hands around them or they finally feel it with a stretch or with the breath or with engagement, their eyes change. They There's this awareness that's like, Ah, that's the missing link. And I didn't even know it was missing. And and then once you have that understanding, it's really hard to go back. People are all like, well, if I don't do the work, I'll go back. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't engage a muscle, it gets weaker, right? But you can't unknow something that you you've learned, right? I mean, you can, but it's it's an effort. You know, so once people understand that the crunches don't work, understand what that the exhale is what actually engages that corset that makes you taller, leaner, and stronger. Once you know that information, it's hard to unknow it. And, and I think that that's, um, that's pivotal to why we do so much education. You know, even when we do our one-on-one sessions, a lot of it will stop in the middle of something. So I can explain to you what that muscle is, why it's tight, what, what's going on, or why we're doing this activity. And I, I think that the why is really important for people to get on board long term. Otherwise, yeah. you're just fo- following a recipe and you don't you don't really embrace it um, as your own. And I want this to be like, this is your only body you get to have your whole life. Right. And I want it to work for you the you, your entire life, you know, and, and the more you can connect to that and understand what's working and what's not working. So you're not just, a lot of people are doing the wrong things for the right reasons. They have the right reasons, but they're doing the wrong things and and they're getting nowhere. And it's, and then they just give up and do nothing. And that's not the solution. It's understanding how to do the right things for the right reasons. And then we get the right results and and we're feeling much better. And and in terms of this, in terms of what we're doing, you know, in terms of our thing, it's not Eastern and it's not meditation and it's not getting in touch with the body uh, the, the way you would if you were meditating and just sort of like letting it just sort of like do whatever it does, right? Right. This is the thing where you're getting in touch with, I think, something that's not just merely the body, but you're getting in touch. It's a word that you use all the time. You're getting in touch with functionality. Mm-hmm. You're getting in touch not just simply with a feeling, right, or 
letting go of a feeling. You're getting in touch with a sense of gracefulness. And the whole idea of gracefulness, again, is a thing that belongs to fathers. Part of the responsibility of the gentleman, part of the responsibility of the father, is to bring a sense of elegance and gracefulness into the family. Um, the father often is responsible for the mores, for the ethos, for being an example of certain things. And some of these things go back in certain cultures hundreds of thousands of years. And that ethos requires a real confidence in being able to do things. So part of getting the program is you get your functionality. And that simply means you can swing through, you can get up, you can move, or you don't have to, but you know you're not because you choose not to. It's not like you've given up one way or another or you're accepting this. Essentially, what happens as you get older, and this is a big deal in terms of what we're doing, as you get older, if you're doing what you can do, you're not accepting anything but who you really are. But if you're not doing what you can do, you're accepting a lie. You're accepting something that's not you. So why would you not want to um, do this? And one answer is, not, well, no, why would you not want to do this? I, don't, I can't think of an answer that doesn't require therapy, right? Why wouldn't you do this? There are a lot of reasons. You don't have the time. You did this, you know, but why would you not want to? I don't think that makes sense, right? You would normally, you'd have to want to. Why would someone not want to be elegant? Why would someone not want to be uh, functionally competent in a way where they're extraordinary, right? Why would somebody not want to really experience the joy of something absolutely wonderful. Not all the time. Um, not, I mean, all the time would be great, but why would you not want to experience it just once? I mean, what if it turned out that if you worked out and you did these things, every now and then you'd have a moment where the world stops and the light comes in, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you don't do this, the only difference is, is you just don't have those moments. You have to be a moron not to do what it needs to be done to get the moments, right? And, um, and that's the point of this. But it's exactly the same reason why uh, great ball players play their sports. They play for the moment. Mm -hmm. And they're always playing for the moment. And if you really, really, really are good at what you do, you only play against the best and you only play for the best. And that means you're not always going to win, but you're always going to be at your best with the best. So mm -hmm. why would you not want to live that way? Only if your spirit is broken. And I personally believe part of the role of the father is to show what a spirit looks like when it's not broken, which is not to say uh, is not limited, but a spirit that has a desire to excel. That's the key. And it, to have a desire to excel, if you can, is to work on your diastasis, as simple as that is. Um, and to laugh about it. Right. I mean, it's a hilarious thing, right? And, I mean, it's, it's truly hilarious to find that you're looking around and you're saying, you know, this is not about food. This is not, this probably part of it's genetic, genetic part of it's not genetic. But the truth of the matter is, to make this better, you've got to make all these other things stronger and better. And at the end of the day, if the diastasis doesn't get that much better, but everything else that was there is now working at full speed, the diastasis doesn't have the same power. It doesn't have the power. And, and like with us, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm focusing on hips and knees and ankles. I mean, the good thing is like, you know, you work out, you hurt. You're hurt. You, have, you get you, you go through the hurt. So your you, you, your focus keeps moving around, and each time you fix one place, because of the way you do it. But I think the way the the body is, the rest of you gets better. You can't right. fix your fix your right hip without really making sure your left hip is aligned. And then all of a sudden, you've heard me say this. 
And then all of a sudden you say, I say things like, oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And it's the, I remember this, which is the essence of being young. Yeah. I mean, literally, and, and I mean that, and, and I, I don't know if that's for women, but I, I know that for a fact, you can just feel it. And essentially it's like, don't you want to really feel like you felt when you were 27? And I think it happens a lot more when we do our exercise than if we don't. So, and, and our what the way we work together is different. Like I work with a handful of people similar to you, where I see them kind of every week or every other week um, in e sessions and virtual appointments. Um, most of our clients do the online program and do maybe one or two sessions e sessions. But there's a handful of you guys that meet with me regularly, and then we are able to really customize what each person's goals are. And we've gone in all kinds of directions with you. Like we've gone in like, Oh, let's tackle getting up and down off the floor. So that's not something you're afraid of. Um, Let's work on your golf swing. Let's work on your jump shot. Let's work on, you know, that, that pain in your hip. Let's work on the balance in your ankles. Um, You know, let's, let's not be afraid to, to twist your body and rotate, you know, we, it's, it's interesting how, um, we started out just trying to get your core strong and we've gone on all these different tangents, but it's all, all with the intent of giving you your best possible life and giving you opportunities to live your best possible life. And do you feel like that has empowered you in a way? I want to say that I do not have your clinical understanding of me at all. So, <laughs> so as you were talking, every part of my body started hurting. So thank you very much. No, but, um, no. I, I, um, I always think it's good to be able to get off the floor. So that's a big plus and ankles. But the, but the point is, yeah, I, I, it, it's clear that essentially, first of all, I don't like the word customize. Oh. Okay, excuse me. So I, I, I prefer personalized. Personalized. Because it's human. Yes. Customized, I, I feel like I'm a commodity. Okay. <laughs> okay, you get it? So that's number human. one. Definitely number one. Human. No, n- number two, um, the, the way I understand it, aches and pains are part of playing the game. So when I was playing competitively, if you didn't hurt, you weren't playing. So... I don't, all those ailments that you put out there, I don't see as ailments at all. I don't see it. One of those things you said as an ailment, but I saw each one of them as a hurt. You know what I mean? Like you played the game and your hip hurts and your shoulder hurts. And, you, and, and then if you're hurting out of that kind of a context, then getting rid of the hurt is getting back into the game. Like the end product is not get rid of the pain. The end product is to play. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think our relationship, I mean, first of all, we, we both laugh. I mean, we're bi-coastal. I mean, you're living in, a, in, in, you're living in the forest somewhere. And, I, you know, and at some point I want you to sort of go and take a picture of the tummy team tree in the great north woods over there, you know. I and will. I'm, and I'm living in a place where the only trees I know, they have to dig a hole in the concrete and put them in them, you know? So it's like a completely different world. Uh, but I think what's important is the relationship yeah, I have with you, right? The relationship we have, a shared commitment to make this work. And, you know, I'm a teacher, so there's nothing more enjoyable than having a student who's like learning and enjoying themselves. So in this context, I'm the student, you're the teacher, but it's fun. And mm-hmm. Why would you not do this? And it's not only why would you not do this. You could, if I went to the gym and I got a personal trainer, I'd be doing it with a personal trainer. So this is not a big deal. Doing this with you once a week or once every two weeks. If I was when I would go to the gym, I'd have a personal trainer. I'd work with him once a week for an hour. So what's the big deal, right? The right. big deal is one with COVID, you couldn't get to the gym. But more important is that. This is not simply about um, biceps and triceps and working on this or that. There's a whole other part to it. And part of the part to it is all that you bring to the table. I mean, the big part of it is Kelly, who like laughs and is having fun. And a big part to it is when we talk, and we're not talking this way in the podcast, 
and we're getting a little more personal and getting involved in a little more of the issue side of stuff, we can both be human and real and then let go. It's almost like, right, there's like a family part to these things. And I think it's important to realize that you are doing a disservice to your body if you see it as a thing. You're doing a disservice to your body if the functionality is simply the functionality of a machine that is going through the motions, right? right. At a very deep level, my body, your body, is my responsiveness to the entire world. What people see when they see me is my body. And the body they see is my spirit. They don't just see the body, right? Mm -hmm. And this happens a lot. I mean, years ago, you, you, there are many times you'll meet a person who you think is really a wonderful, beautiful person, and in 10 minutes, they're ugly. And many times you'll see somebody who doesn't quite look all that good, and then in 10 or 15 minutes, they look beautiful, right? And I think part of what we're doing is working on that, that beauty, right? In, in, in the ancient sense, not some kind of cosmetic crap. I mean, in the ancient sense of where what we're really called to do at a very deep level is to share our bodies with each other in a way where, and the sharing is again, the ability to be, what were you like? What was your, you know, to be taller, leaner, stronger, you know, to laugh, to have fun, to embrace the day. Yeah. And, to engage uh, in the world around you. And yeah. let it engage in you. Right. I mean, yeah. so, right. Yeah. So that, and how do you do that? If you have uh, fear of bending, Mm -hmm. How do you, I mean, that's that, that's essentially it. So essentially what goes on, and this is the whole point in many ways, is that you've got me do these stretches. And these are stretches three months ago I could barely do. I mean, I do the stretch, but essentially I wasn't moving, right? And now I've got a stretch where I'm, I've got a good stretch going on. And then, but the stretch is a good stretch, but it's still not nearly where I need to be, right? But yeah. the point of the matter is, there's a huge difference between having a stretch that's almost there and not being able to move. And I think that's the key to all this stuff. And I really think personally that if uh, if our agenda in our communities was to do more of this kind of work without even interacting, there'd be a big change. But but this is good. I mean, I'm, I'm, but in terms of Father's Day, this is the gift because essentially what you're doing is to, to recognize that to be um, in a family with responsibility, requiring competency and the ability to bring joy, a seriousness, but a joy to the family and to take life seriously. You've got to show it. You've got to walk the talk. Yeah. And walking the talk requires putting in the effort. And the effort is not just making money and bringing it home. The effort is not just dictating what needs to be done. The effort is not just letting go and letting other people figuring it out. I believe the effort ultimately is to say, look, don't you want what I have? And that doesn't mean the car. It means this right. sort of, right, you get what I'm saying. It's and the role model. It's being a role model in yeah. how you're living your life and how present you are, how intentional you are, how confident you are moving. And and it comes back to that trust thing, right? Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of us, um, how we, you know, our childhood is a lot about how much do we trust our parents and our father? You know, how much could we rely on that person in our life. And, and I think understanding, um, trust them a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That and you, then, wait, wait, and then you're disappointed. Yeah. But you have to trust them a hundred percent. You have right. no choice. Okay. Right. So the parent is the one who's responsible to be trustworthy. The kid has no choice. The kid will trust you a hundred percent. And that's the process, right? So right. you have no choice but to be trustworthy. To the extent that you're not trustworthy, you are hurting your child and hurting yourself. It's that simple. So the early trust issue is the healthy trust of the child, right? And if, if there's a distrust at all, it's a distrust in the parent saying, how can I honor this trust? That's where the thing comes in, right? Then later on, what starts happening 
because no one's perfect, is, and I love, Virgil has a quote on this, learn to trust those who can be trusted. That's the big thing, right? And learning to trust those who can be trusted also means understand that you can be independent and you don't need their trust. You, you don't need to trust them to do what you need to do. And I think part of what that's about is sound mind, sound mind, sound body, right? The ability to have, the ability to stand on your own two feet and move in ways that you can move, period, without the need of others, right? And I think that's what you bring. I mean, and not just you, but I mean, people in your profession. And, um, and if, if you go there when you're sick and you want to get rehab, that's fine. But normally the rehab gets to you back to where you were before you got sick. And often that means you're just going to get sick again, right? But if you go to you when you're not sick and you're saying, I'm tired of living this way, I want to live a better life, and you start working on that, then you're in a different world. And what happens is you don't know the world you're in, except the more you're in it, the more it shows up, right? And why would you not want to do that? Right. That's the big question. Why would you? And, and, and so, I mean, when you ask me to do this, I mean, I'd love to, I mean, and we haven't even talked, and I think it's worth doing, uh, on what, how we use our bodies not to experience the world. Mm, yeah. How we keep things away from ourselves and others by hiding them in our bodies. And then what happens when Kelly shows up <laughs> and says, what about this muscle over here? And your entire body that you don't know about says, no, we don't go there because I'm keeping something there that I don't want anyone to know about. And then you hit that but you hit that but button. The muscle comes out, and all of a sudden, something starts, you know, like a feeling or a, a thought comes out, and um, it's like one of the most interesting things in the world because it's yeah. almost like, oh, that I've been looking for that for the last fifteen years. Where did that come from? You know? <laughs> Where was that hiding? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 most of it's not bad. I mean, but there are things we hide. There are things you hide. I mean, that's yeah. just psychologically. So. Think of all the things you can get simply by working out in this. And by the way, if, if I wasn't working with you every other week or every week, what would start happening is, is I would just lose my edge. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have a place to do it here in New York. So I, I would lose my edge. And what would happen is, is I would fall into a place that just was not the same. So here, when I show up, at least if nothing else, I have to get back on track. I but keep you accountable. Yes. No, no, you do. And, and, and we laugh. So it's, you know, it's, it's worth the laugh. So how are we well, doing? It's good. I think that we, we could talk forever and we kind of go off on all these little tangents. And I'm sure the listeners are like, what are they even talking about? But I think it all does come together in the fact that what, what I wanted, why I wanted to just talk with you on this podcast was I wanted people to think beyond just a series of exercises. And look at the big picture and how our body really works for us. Um, and it can work against us. And knowledge and, and being intentional and having the right tools can change everything. And I just want people to know that there's, there's options. There's hope. There's, it can be different. You don't have to just resign to or accept a certain status of where your body's at. And I feel like we've talked about that. And I yeah you sharing kind of just your insight and your thought process because I feel like you have a lot to share that's that can be really helpful for people to look at it very differently and I appreciate that well thank you and, and you're bringing something to the table I mean there's no doubt about it now you know it, it there's a there are this seems to me what we do and 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 it's not just us but it seems that what the way we're approaching this is a way that is 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 gentle and sane. I mean, I think the word sane is, is a, it, it's sort of, it, it's, a, it's a healthy way to go forward. And like you're saying, it's not so much, it's like, why suffer if you don't have to? Right. right. And if you ask 10 people that question, nine will tell you why they have to suffer. Mm -hmm. That's what you're dealing with. Yeah. You're going to say, well, I hear you, but I have to. And I have to do this. I have to do. And when I say I have to, you're saying, no, I have. and the question is, is why suffer if you don't have to, which okay. means if, if not just this, but if you're doing what you need to do and you're suffering, the good news is, right, um, learn to accept that suffering because you've done all you can. 
which is a big difference than, you know, I wish I could do. You did it. You did it. You did it. No, I think this is good. I mean, Father's Day is a big, big deal, Kelly. I mean, you asked about it. I could talk. I mean, I mean, you know, Leonard Cohn. So he has a song. And in the song, it says it's Father's Day and everybody's wounded. Oh, so well, no, no. Oh, so fathers carry a lot of the grief and a lot of the problems that we're living in our culture. And often if you see violence in the streets, it's because the boys don't have fathers. And if you see problems in the house, I mean, the father is carrying a lot of stuff and fingers are pointed toward the men and the fathers over and over again as being somehow the causes of a lot of stuff, right? And some of it's true, but a lot of it's not. And it certainly doesn't work as a brush going across, right? But uh, it's important for fathers and men to realize that um, whatever is sort of being pointed in our direction, we have an obligation to write and the opportunity to stay loose, to stay limber, to stay cool, and to be strong, right? And a day at a time to show the world a slightly different image of what it means to be a man and a parent and a father and a husband, you know, and a son. And um, it starts, you know, and one more tree in this forest, right? right. Which, you know, makes, and apparently, because you're the forest person, not me, right? But <laughs> apparently forests are really interesting places because the trees there's a lot there's big trees and there's space underneath and there's an ecosystem so when you start talking about trees you're really talking i think at a very deep level about a whole way of living so when you got healthy trees with healthy trees you end up in a healthy culture with healthy people right right and i think it all starts with the tummy team well, thank you. Well, it's been fun, Jim. I'm going to have to wrap it up. It always on. is. It always is. Forever. But um, I just want to thank you again. And thank you guys for listening today. Um, I really appreciate uh, being able to hear all the different people's stories that we get to interview. And thank you, Jim. It's been really fun. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.